Hello, this is the Jesus Only Podcast. I'm Faith, and with me is my dad, Joseph. Hello. Our podcast focuses on Jesus and the gospel, and we wanted to remind you to feel free to email us at jesusonlypodcasts at yahoo.com. And you might want to write that down because you may end up emailing us sometime this week because for our podcast next week, we're going to be doing a question and answer. So feel free to ask us a question about Christianity, the gospel, the Bible, whatever you want. You can email us, or if you follow me on any of my social media, you'll see ways through social media to ask your questions, and we'll answer them on our podcast. Um, Today, though, we're going to be looking at an article called Breaking Out of the Comfort Zone by Ray Comfort, which you can find that on their website, Living Waters. So just search all of that in Google and you should be able to find this article. All right, so Ray opens up his article talking about Acts 12, um, verses 1 through 12. But right now I'm just going to read 6 through 8. um, so when Herod would have brought him forth the same night, Peter was sleeping between, okay, so Peter's in jail. So he's sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and the keepers before the door kept the prison and behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him and a light shined in the prison and he smote Peter on the side and raised him up saying, arise up quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands. And the angel said unto him, gird thyself and bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And he saith unto him, cast thy garments about thee and follow me. So he talks about, so Peter's in prison, the angel come, comes, wakes him up, and they escape. And so one of the first things um, that Ray says, as I'm quoting this, is that the sinner is in a dream world and understanding, wait, and understanding is dark and he's alienated from the life of God to the ignorance of sinning because of the blindness of his heart. So he's kind of comparing to um, sinners, so how Peter's that when he's, like, he's laying there and he's sleeping, just kind of in a dream world unknowing of you know like just being blind to the to the sin he talks about how um we are um sinners we are shackled with the chains of death and hell and um and our own prison like the prison peter's in our own prison is of our own sins and um let's see he says that um so the wages of sin is death and um he said do you know the number one killer in the u.s is death um, he did, did you know the statistic that 10 out of 10 die? And um, see, life is just a little dash between two dates on a tombstone. And so he's talking about, you know, death is just a thing that's unescapable. You know, everyone's always thinking about it. Um, I actually recently watched a video with different religious leaders talking about, like, what they think about death. And, um, you know, it's like the unescapable just reality of life. Everyone's going to die and people... You know, people just kind of want to know what happens after. Sadly, there's people that believe nothing happens after and it's just, we're dead. Um, but the reality is that, um, you know, it, um, it's just, you know, it's inescapable. So then he goes on to talk about, um, talk about Jesus. And he actually compares Jesus to this Ben-Hur movie. I haven't seen it. Have you seen it, Dan? I haven't heard it either. I've never seen it, but uh, I heard it was worth watching. Yeah. Um, so basically, the point that he makes with this is that, um, I guess the guy in it, he was an innocent guy on the ship. When the si- ship started to sink, he, um, he was free, freed from, like, the chains. But he had, instead of running off, he helped the other prisoners. And um, this talks about Jesus was, you know, he was the innocent one. You know, we're all the sinners. Jesus lived a perfect life. But he's the one that uh, paid the fine to free us from our prison. Um, or as he says, quoting, unlock the chains of death. And um, he 
kind of referring to the movie, he writes, tragedy, tragedy is that the whole of humanity sits in ignorance in that ship, not knowing that the chains have been released. All they have to do is obey the gospel to be saved from the sinking ship. Um, so it's kind of talking about, um, yeah. Well, I'm sure some of you guys listening probably have heard of the Ben-Hur movie. Yeah. And I saw it as I was scrolling through uh, Amazon. And one of these days I'm going to sit down and watch it. A friend of mine said it was uh, worth watching. But also I wanted to mention right now, I was watching a little bit on Amazon last night. Mm -hmm. There's a series, I don't think it's about 12 episodes or so, 10 or 12 episodes. It's called Tetelesta. And Tetelesta Mm -hmm. is the Greek word, uh, which is translated into English into three words. It is finished or paid in full. So uh, I watched episode 10 and uh, it was really good. So, just a little side note uh, yeah. to Telesta on Amazon. You'll you'll be blessed. Yeah, that sounds good. I can well, kind of hear it playing. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that sounds really good. So, yeah. So the next point he makes is now listen carefully to this and you know hear me out. He says, "quote The gospel does not awaken a sleeping sinner." Um, and that's kind of the point they're getting to. We talked about you know like sin and death. And, you know, so what do we do? As Christians, we realize, you know, people, you know, if they die without Jesus, they die in their sin, that's bad news for them. And so this quote, the gospel does not awaken a sleeping sinner, um, he goes on to explain that, you know, people under, people know the gospel to an extent. Even, you know, people, that's what Christmas, you know, Christmas is part, you know, Christmas, Easter, people know Jesus died for our sins, it's kind of just a part of our, our culture. That's right. I, you know, I've learned from talking to people, you know, even if you say, like, what is the gospel, if they can't tell you what it is after you talk about Jesus dying on the cross. I was like, oh, yeah, you know, heard that. Yeah, they've heard it, and it's just, it's really distant to them. Mm -hmm. It's not near and dear like it is to the Christ follower. But, yeah, at least they've heard that Jesus has has died for sins. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, So then he goes on to talk about how, look look at the text in Acts 12, what the angel did. The angel came in, and he hit Peter, like, to wake him up. And he mentions, uh, Ray writes that, it wasn't the light that shined in the prison that woke him up. And he's kind of getting at, like, the light, you could say, it would be kind of like the gospel. But, like, you know, Peter didn't wake up until the angel hit him. So, like, what, what does that? What kind of makes the sinner realize, you know, um, I guess the importance of the gospel? And he says um, the law does that. The law is like the Ten Commandments. Um, he quotes John Wesley by saying, um, Preach 90% law and 10% grace. And an example he writes about to kind of show that is talking about, which is something I've also used and um, shared, talked about is, it's like, sin is like this disease. Um, let's say you go around and you tell people, here, here's a cure, here's some medicine, take this medicine. And they're like, um, you know, nothing's wrong with me. I don't, why do I need this medicine? Right. But when you, you know, you say, hey, there's this disease that we have, something is wrong, here's the disease that's going on, now here's the medicine. They're going to be like, oh, yeah, you know, I need that medicine, I'm sick. Right. I mean, that's kind of, that's the job of the law. Um, yeah, so. you broke the law. Jesus came in and paid your fine. But then if you never realize that you broke God's law, and that the what him doing by paying your fine doesn't mean nothing to you. Yep. Um, and the article, um, it quotes the, The law brings knowledge of the disease of sin, but the gospel is the cure. You don't awaken them with the cure. You awaken them with knowledge of the disease that will take the cure. You see, the law is the schoolmaster. Um, 
and he kind of talks about, let's see. Yeah, he says, you don't shoot the schoolmaster after you graduate, do you? You shouldn't. You say, hey, thank you, schoolmaster. I hope you stay um, and, you know, do your job with the other graduates. You know, so, like, trying to, you know, it shows you that, you know, you've done, you've done wrong. You've sinned against God. And so he goes on to use these, talking about this in um, evangelism, but I also think it's important for a Christian to understand um, just, you know, if they talk with people that they know in their own personal evangelism. And um, let's see. Yeah, we're going to we're gonna go through this. Um, so another common misconception is uh, people think, you know, that they share the gospel with someone, you know, they can't, th- they can't think that God's goodness will lead them to repentance, which there is a scripture. He talks about Romans 2, 4, you know, God's good- goodness leading people to re- uh, repentance. But he says in the context of that verse that, that does, they're not using it as like a witnessing thing. So when you talk to someone, um, if you look at it in context, don't use that verse with, or don't use it like that mindset, um, God's goodness. Don't use it as a tool to bring, bring men to Christ, is what he says. Right. You know, instead, that's what the law is for. Um, let's see. Well, I'd like to mention a verse. If you've got your Bibles handy uh, or jot this down, it's uh, the first epistle of Paul, the apostle to Timothy in chapter 1, verse 8. It says, but we know that the law is good if a man use it lawfully. Mm-hmm. And the law is good. It's uh, to show the sinner their predicament. And that's what you're covering here tonight. Yeah. Yep. I remember one time I was in a group leading, leading a discussion. Before I read this verse, I asked them, I said, is the law good or is the law bad? Mm-hmm. And everybody kind of had mixed feelings. They didn't know what to say. So I turned to this verse, uh, 1 Timothy 1.8. And it says the law is good because it's a mirror. It shows you a, a template of man's sinful state so that there would be, uh, the ground would be plowed, that the ground would be, you know, you'd be getting ready for spring, you're getting ready to plant uh, fruits and vegetables and tomatoes and everything else. You got to go out there with the plow and you got to plow the soil and turn up the ground and get it soft and make your rows and get ready to plant the seed. And that's what the law does. It comes out and it turns up the ground of the heart so that it can understand its its sinful situation, and that's what we're talking about. Exactly what you're talking about in this article, we uh, mm-hmm. were re- referring to as Ray Comfort, yeah. and uh, some of the quotes from John Wesley and so forth, mm-hmm. and preachers of old firmly believed that you got to prepare the sinner's heart for the good news. Mm-hmm. A lot of times today, you know, you see uh, people just jump right to the good news. You know, at the end of a church service or or even at a point of uh, in your personal evangelism, we just want to rush to the, you know, the gospel message. And the gospel message is powerful, mm-hmm. and it's the main thing. It's the mm-hmm. pinnacle of the Christian life. But when you're trying to use it in evangelism, you, you don't want to get the cart before the horse. Mm-hmm. You know, to tell them that Jesus can save them, and that he has uh, blessings for him. You can be saved from hell and go to heaven and all that. And even perhaps count the cost, like Jesus says in Luke chapter 9 and mm-hmm. Luke chapter 14. Count the cost before you follow him. Because that's a lot of those are scriptures that many miss in trying to bring people to Jesus. 
But my point is, is that in bringing people to Jesus, you got to show them that where they messed up at, where they've fallen short, for all have fallen short of the glory of God. We've all broken God's commandments and we're all guilty sinners before a holy God. And then once we see that predicament, uh, we can get ready for what we would hopefully witness a true conversion. And that's what's on our hearts in this podcast. Faith, faith's heart and my heart. Yeah. We just, it's just a blessing to know that true conversions can take place. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, just like it's also well known that there are many false converts mm-hmm. in the church buildings as well. But yeah. uh, that's on our heart to see that to change. Right. So oh, go yeah. ahead. Um, another point I want to make, which um, Ray doesn't directly say this, but this is kind of what I'm getting from what I read, is I think people... Christians assume it's kind of unloving to talk about the law, talk about sin, you know. Um, you know, you don't want to be saying, oh, you're a sinner, you're a liar, just kind of kind of mean. So someone, like, I hate confrontation, and it's kind of like, oh, you know, it's not that people, you know, well, here's, here's the truth. People usually don't get upset. People, like, they'll go, yeah, like, they'll say, yeah, I've lied, you know. They don't, right. you know, it's kind of whatever. Um, but so, but then back to the article, Ray says, let's see. Do I make sinners tremble because I don't like them? No, it's because I care for them, and I know they must find a place of biblical repentance. Um, because Paul said in Romans 7, 7, I have not known sin but by the law. That's good. Biblical repentance, yeah. Right. So, um, and that's, you know, lovingly, you you bring up the law in, uh, in, hope, in the hope that pe- the people will see, you know, that they've sinned against God and that they're in this predicament. And then the response to that would then be repentance. Exactly. Um, and, and I just want to stop there for a second because, again, like we've seen in our American church culture, mm-hmm. you know, we just want to say, hey, just jump to faith. Well, what's the res- proper response of the gospel? Repent and believe the gospel, Jesus yeah. said. Mm-hmm. It's repentance and faith. And it's, you know, sometimes can be a great debate, but well, how I look at it, it's a faith on one side of the coin and it's repentance on the other side of the coin. So it's the same coin, just two sides of the same coin, mm-hmm. repentance and faith, and they work together in bringing about true conversions. Uh, yep. Um, talking back about false conversions, um, Ray writes in the article that that may be the case because, quote, they've never been smitten by the law in the first place. Exactly. Which all ties back into that. Um so then he kind of goes in, I'm just briefly talk about this, about um, evangelism and la- laborers in, in Christianity. He says in a, in a magazine he read, which I don't know how recent he would have done this, but he said 1% in an in evangelical magazine said that they had a zeal for the lost. Hmm. Only 1%. Wow. Um, from a research from the Barnabas Search Institute, it said 68% could not define the Great Commission. Wow. Which um, the Great Commission is, you know, going out and preaching the gospel. Yep. So, um, you know, that's that's not good. <laughs> no. And so he goes on to talk about, um, here's this next section, prior- prioritize salvation. And um, you know, nothing is, is more important than your eternal salvation. You know, where you and those around you are going to spend eternity. You know, because life is just so short and just goes by so quickly and then eternity, you know, is forever. 
And when he talks about like the, how much you should value your soul and your, you know, we value our lives and people, sometimes people, when you, if you talk to them, like, yeah, I don't really care if I'm kind of, if I'm going to hell, they kind of seem to be whatever. A question that uh, Ray was asked is, well, would you sell your eye for a million dollars? People were like, no, you know, because your eye is precious to your sight. You know, you, you know, like your sight. How much more precious is your life and is your soul? You don't want it to spend eternity in hell. Right. And um, so one final story that Ray talks about in the article is he talks about this pastor. Um, let's see, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read all this. So he says, a pastor called me some time ago and he said, he was from Florida. He said, I got to tell you something, Ray. I've never been really zealous for the lost until recently. He said, I just saw myself as a pastor and people had the gift of evangelism and I get, my gift was teaching. He said, I pulled into a service station and went to get some gas. When I was inside paying for it, God seemed to speak to my heart saying, tell that man about my mercy and my forgiveness. Hmm. The pastor thought, there's too many people around here and I haven't got time to wait. He went back out into his car and he was going to drive off and he felt God speak to his heart again. Go back and tell that man about my forgiveness. You know what the pastor did? He said, Lord, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll just pray. Oh, Father, bring a laborer across the path of that man. That's what he did. He just prayed that God would bring a laborer, and he drove off. He felt quite satisfied that he had done what he should. Two days later, he found out that the man closed up shop, went home, and committed suicide. What a tragedy. What a tragedy. I can't say that word right. Tragedy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Saints, we have an awesome task before us. My prayer is, oh God, teach me to number my days that I might apply in my heart wisdom. So. Yep, you just never know. And that's a powerful story. I mean, I can think of a couple of times where I, I would stop and I prayed at the cemetery. And uh, one time there was a kid in the back of the cemetery. I didn't know what he was doing. He was in his car. Uh, I went there to have like a quiet time after work, read my Bible and pray. And I know it's kind of strange to go to the cemetery, <laughs> yeah. but uh, you know it's kind of somber. And after this event happened, I quit going. But uh, I saw him doing something in the back of the cemetery, so I left. I got out of there. You know, I I didn't know what to think, but I later found out that he committed suicide mm. because he was looking at jail time, and he didn't want to go to jail. So uh, you just never know. Yeah. And uh, one other quick story I wanted to share is that one time it was a, a good dear friend, brother of mine, that uh, we were down there in Springfield, Illinois. And uh, we came across a young lady. And we're out evangelizing, handing out tracts, street preaching, and all that. We found someone who was really open, wide open, responsive. You know, I can't really remember everything we said to her. Did we show her, you know, a biblical repentance? Did we go through the law? You know, I don't remember exactly what we did, but uh, we were sharing the gospel with her. We were evangelizing, and she was, like I said, wide open. And uh, we gave her what we can give her. I don't know if we were even handing out Bibles and just tried to point her in the right direction. But, uh, you know, we weren't there to, pers you know, close the deal per se. Right. You know, God and his sovereignty, the Lord says, I know mm -hmm. whose are mine. You know, and he needs people to step up to the plate and uh, not pray for somebody else to come across. Yeah. And like that little story that you shared, mm -hmm. and we need to realize it's up to us and uh, to have the boldness of a lion, to be able to have the power and to be filled with the spirit, to be able to have a love and a compassion for people. 
And, uh, you know, sometimes we can forget that. We get selfish. We get sinful. Or sometimes we may just do it because we need to obey Jesus. Mm -hmm. But it would be great to be able to look at this world through the eyes of Jesus. And Jesus, when he looked at people, he saw them harassed and helpless. Sheep without a shepherd. And what I just said right there, to any of you that are listening, as I remind myself of these very words and as I say these to my daughter, I mean, that's how we need to be. Looking at people as harassed and helpless, sheep without a shepherd. Who are they being harassed by? They're being harassed by the devil. The devil's goal is to take as many as he can to hell with him. You know, and they're helpless and they're harassed and they're harassed by their sin or their problems or their vices or their addictions in life. To be able to share with them the good news, you know, to show them in a biblical way to be able to see their predicament like we're talking about tonight Mm -hmm. and to be able to share the glorious light of the gospel uh, to show them to the chief shepherd. Mm -hmm. You know, that's really what it's all about. And I I can confess to you tonight, uh, I need to get back to being that way. I need to get back. I need to repent Mm -hmm. and and do what I just talked about just now. Yeah, so um, fellow Christians that are listening, you know, know that you may not think you have the gift of evangelism, but you're still being called to evangelize and, um, you know, share the good news by using the law and the gospel. But let's say you're listening to this and you're saying, Faith, you know, the phrase smitten by the law, I don't know if that's happened to me, you know, or if you're feeling some sort of conviction or it's making you think, you know. You just take... Maybe you just bypass that step. Yeah. You know, a lot of people, like I mentioned, we tried to elaborate a little bit ago. Mm-hmm. They just bypass that step and just jump to the gospel. But yeah, yeah. were you smitten by the law? Yeah. So, you know, if you're kind of thinking about that, today's the day to get on your knees, pray to God, yep. you know, repent of your sin and put your trust in him. And, um, and that's, you know, then you Amen. have good news for you. So thank you for listening to this. Yes. Thank you. And um, just know that we love you. Yes, we and, do. And um, we really appreciate everyone who listens to this. And we hope that it encourages you and motivates you and pushes you to keep fighting the good fight. Amen. So, That's right. All right. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye.